build it, and they will come. In the case of the Great Wall of China, that checks out to about 10 million tourists a year. And while the slope-style ski and snowboard course in Zhengjiaku isn't on the list of wonders of the world, it is instantly recognizable as Chinese. Built over only the last two months, its design and intricacy has been appreciated by casual onlookers and distinguished riders as authentically wonderful. Today on the podium, art that you can ride, building and maintaining the canvas for those ski and snowboard sized streaks of gold. From NBC Sports, this is The Podium, a podcast about the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. I'm your host, Lauren Shahadi, coming to you every day from the ground with a unique angle on the performances that are carving what's possible on ice and snow. And a very big welcome to one and all Beijing Olympic Winter Games. And we are here at Genting Snow Park, and we are ready for the first snowboarding event of these Olympic Games, day number one. The action coming your way here for your women's snowboarding slope-style qualifier. And I'll tell you, this course is absolutely amazing, definitely raising the bar when it comes to slope style. I totally agree with you. I think this is one of the most exciting, technically radical slope style courses, and it's just gorgeous. The Great Wall aesthetic is really beautiful to look at. And it doesn't do it justice when you look at it. It may surprise you that this course, complete with a Seiyuan-style house for riders to bank flips and board slide off of, is designed by a German team. Yeah, my name is Dirk Scheumann. I'm from Germany and I'm um, the park designer and the park builder of the slopestyle course and the big air for the Olympic Games 2022 in Beijing. Dirk, welcome. Thanks so much for the time. You've made a very Chinese slopestyle course. It, it looks like it looks like the Wall of China. Where does that idea start? I have actually different points in mind when I, where I go through a kind of checklist. Uh, when I start designing some courses, especially in China, there is... Um, especially for slopestyle courses, it's like this. There is a, let's say, there is a point which I call them uh, the topic, you know. What, what I personally always try is to tell a story with the course design. And in China, it becomes quite obviously, you know, that I've been choosing the, the, the historical monument of the Great Wall of China as a culture monument of China to put them into the course. And this uh, creates um, a kind of look and feel and also something to tell about, you know. it's has So it has different, let's say, reasons. And um, so I always want to tell a story, you know. This is quite important, I personally think, because, uh, you know, you can't tell a story with an ice ring or a tennis court. So this is also something we really, uh, I'm really looking forward always. Everyone else is too. Your, your slopestyle design getting plenty of attention for, for the storytelling. But so is the big air venue, even outside the Olympics. What's the story you're trying to tell or write when you build anything? Uh, name of my company is Schneestern. 
The company was founded in 1999, and our goal is to establish action sport deeper in the society. And uh, our role is it to create and design the infrastructures for all action sport disciplines, actually. So from skateboarding, BMX, mountain biking, wakeboarding, snowboarding, free skiing, and so on. So what is a good action sports infrastructure, if that makes sense? I mean, if these sports are meant to be about creative expression and pushing boundaries, why do you want to be the person building that framework that everyone's trying to break? Um, I think it's quite easy to see. You know, there are many other sports infrastructures and they are kind of standardized. So, for example, a tennis court, you know, needs to be exactly on meter by meter ice ring needs to be exactly. And there are so many sport infrastructures all over the world. They are super standardized. And especially in the action sport field, when you look to the slopestyle course, it's uh, it's always in creative design, which gives the, the athletes actually the opportunity to form um, a run, um, which is not similar to other, let's say, runs before or further runs. So this is actually the main difference. Um, the, the course design of action sport infrastructures is closely connected to the performance of the athletes. It makes sense. But riding performances aside, I want to know how you actually build the course. What are your tools? N- not a hand shovel, I would assume? Actually, it starts earlier. The first thing we do is producing the snow. Um, and then we, you know pile them up, actually, and bring them in a super rough shape with the snowcats. Um, Wait, what's a snowcat? Uh, a snowcat is actually a machine which was developed to prepare ski slopes. And um, since a couple of years when many snow parks popping up around the, around the world, the snowcat became more specialized also for building snow parks. So our snowcats have special features. Um, made for building and maintaining snow parks. And with these snowcats, you're moving huge lumps of artificial snow. Yeah, we call them base preparation. Uh, and after this is done, we we came in with a, a kind of hand crew and start working on the details. So you know, cutting the walls, building the radios, putting the rails in. Um, and after this is done, we went through everything, through the whole course from top to the bottom and really start polishing, actually. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's not really the word for it, but we call them polishing. So we make everything 100% nice. You know, we're looking for each detail. We, we eliminate 30 spots from chainsaws or whatever. So it's, um, it, it, it becomes from a very rough work into a super, super detailed fine shape and, and polishing everything. How long does that take? So here in China for the for the slope cycle course, we actually, ooh, how many hours? Um, good question. If we work actually 10 hours a day with uh, three cats, means 30 hours a day. And we work, let's say, with the base preparation, maybe 50 days, 50 times 30 is uh, I'm right, 1,500, 1, yes. 1,500 work hours? 
And that's, I mean, that's just for base prep. What's the feedback been so far? Um, so far, everybody was super stoked about the look and feel. Um, but of course, this is one point, right? It also needs to be good for riding and, and showing the world the best performance on snowboard and freeski. And um, also on this point, everybody was super stoked. Um, there were some little things where they need to figure out uh, to get into it. And we did some little changes to optimize it for, for them. Um, but in general, the jumps was working pretty good from the first moment. Um, the race was working good. The house was working good. We wasn't sure about this, you know. Uh, it was a little tricky when even when we tested it. So, uh, but in the end, um, I'm, I'm super happy. Everybody was super stoked. And the little adjustments we did, this is kind of normal. Um, so, no, everything went very well. How do you figure out those radiuses or size of features before the athletes arrive? Because by, by then it's too late to move these mountains of snow you've sculpted, right? You know, I've been an athlete before, professional free skier, and, uh, but to become a good designer for further, you know, for the next level of snow parks or skate parks or whatever, you need to be able to think as the best athletes at the moment and go a step further. So this is what I do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching so many athletes all around the world and try to catch their feeling, combine it with my experience I have as an athlete. And then I think, okay, this is the status quo. What is the next? So I always try to go a step further. So, and, and this is um, what uh, actually is a kind of specialty of my designs. Um, they are always, a little bit ahead of uh, the status quo, you know, actually. So, so four years ago in Pyeongchang, it seemed like there was starting to be a formula for slope-style courses. Three rails and, I don't know, two or three pretty huge but straightforward jumps to finish a run. This course, totally outside that template. Um, I mean, we, we, we always try to um, make the slope-style course as creative as possible. Um, as I told you before, it's strongly connected to the sports themselves. If we start standardizing slopestyle courses, actually we end up on the aerial discipline. You know? um, so it's it's part of the sport actually. We have creative courses, and um, I personally don't like to build a single feature again. So um, it's kind of nothing I, I would personally like, you know. So this is why I always try to come up with some new ideas. And especially for the course here in China, we we try to not even do one standardized takeoff. So this is especially on, on the jump lines, you know. I've seen it becomes more and more standardized to have three similar jumps in a row. And I, I said to myself, no, this is, you know, this is the, the first step to become a standardized course so um we show up with the with the screw jumps let's talk about the course much has been made of the size of it and some of the features it is quite simply a thing of beauty you know i've talked to some of the riders and they are saying this is probably the best slope style course they have ever ridden it's very impressive the snow work alone is incredible and we have on the second one we have this multifunctional feature with the side hits with the quarter pipes 
with a roller in the middle. We have three rail hits on the top. You can see the first section, the second section, and the third section is coming up with multiple options for everyone to choose from. We go down to the shark fins, which is the first jump section. Then we have the wave with multiple takeoffs for jump section number two. Where you can have a little air time and then catch the knuckle again and get a momentum with your arm, with a hand track or with a board or whatever to get it into another momentum of movement. Finally, the big one at the bottom, we have the kicker that they're going to end on before they hit the finish line. Uh, and of course, the last jump is a normal kind of standardized straight jump, uh, just to, you know, do the, the kind of basic tricks in the end and stomp them in front of the spectators. It's also cool. And um, this kind of philosophy I've been following also during the race section, because we had a we had the opportunity here in China because we are super wide space up there. Uh, and um, this is why we could use the field quite uh, creative. So especially on section number two, I tried to, you know, remind people on, on skate park design with the organic bowl shaped section. So yeah, also tried to combine, you know, some experience from from other action sports because you know on, on, on certain points we are kind of similar you know to skateboarders surfers snowboarders it's kind of kind of one one group you know one group of riders but now one more type of course with the recent inclusion of big air you also design and maintain it but this is a special big air venue right um I, I personally was super stoked about when uh, when FIS came to us and asked us, okay, do we want to um, help us to create this kind of permanent infrastructure for a big air stadium? Uh, first moment I thought, okay, this is a joke because uh, we've been used to it to build everything um, temporary and scaff, you know, kind of trashy, you know, temporary. Um, so, and in the end, when it was, um, when it became reality, um, I thought, okay, I told myself now we made it actually to get on the eye level with the action sport as for example, the ski jumpers or bobsled guys, they have monuments on stadiums, you know, no one is thinking about doing ski jumping on a, on a temporary scaff construction. So, um, this was a moment where I was super, super I don't know. I felt like after so many years fighting for action sport, telling the people like this is cool, people will will go crazy on it. Um, it was a sign, actually. You know, so for me personally, that was the best moment uh, during the last years when this uh, stadium came reality. And now it's on display for all to see. If any of our listeners would like to hear more about action sports culture and its inclusion in the games, we recommend listening to episode four of last season's run of The Podium, titled New Kids on the Podium Blocks. There was a time, though, when the Olympic Committee and, and people that wanted to, you know, have sports on networks didn't even look at skateboarding or surfing or snowboarding. But here we are, and... I hate to tell you, you guys are going to have to maybe play by our rules at some point. Um, the difficulties here in, in China is the temperature. So it's quite cold. So at the moment we have minus 20, minus 25 during the night. And 
also we have the last days we had a couple of wind so it's like um, difficult to keep the surface of the snow um, let's say soft and, and rideable so it becomes very icy quite fast so this is our you know our, our biggest concern you know normally in, in normal snowpark especially in springtime the problem is that everything gets destroyed and here in China we have the problem because of the temperatures that it stays too solid actually so um, it's totally the opposite so what, what we are doing is we we go with the snow cats uh, in the afternoon and track mark everything so the heavy snow cats they break the top layer of the snow uh, and during the night between one and four in the morning we groom everything again so in this little top la layer we get some uh, air inside so this creates quite nice rideable surface but it only stays for one day and then we have to do it again so you're up every day from one to four in the morning on that mountain yeah exactly wow better you than me what motivates that work shaping snow here in Beijing? Actually, good question. I mean, the, you know, the good thing is we all feel very, very good here, you know? Um, and I, I, I thought about it, why my team and, and me personally feel that good here. You know, it's freaking cold out there and um, it's, it was a lot of work, but we feel very, very good. So everybody is super happy even after... 12 shifts during the night, uh, 12 hours shift during the night, minus 25 degrees. And, and I get it actually because the feedback that we get even during the buildup, not only from the athletes when they show up, even before how the world was responding to this design and especially the Chinese people. So they've, they've been so proud, you know, that we've been able to integrate their Chinese culture um, into a slope style course. So one of the oldest thing matched together with one of the newest things in sports culture. So, and when, when you think about this, you know, it's, it becomes quite fantastic. And this is what we could see only in the ice because of masks, you know, of the people that they're really, really uh, proud of it. And uh, they really, you know, appreciate what we have done. So it's, it's really cool. That makes good feeling for everybody of us. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so now we'll tune in to the Slope Style Finals this weekend. I, I assume you will too. Are you ever surprised by the interpretation of your course by the athletes, or have you been so far? Um, there are many actually of them. So I'm, I'm sometimes I'm really impressed how they interpret the course and what kind of options they find. You know, normally I've been sitting hours behind my computer and sketchbook and, and, and thinking about design and, and options. And then um, this is actually the moment where I'm super impressed when some writers show up and, and show me, okay, this is also possible, this line or this option. This is quite a uh, nice moment for, for me as well. Will it be enough? There, he puts it down, the triple court, 1440. The sculptor becomes a spectator. How very fitting. For the first time ever, the Super Bowl and Winter Olympics will be on the same day and the same network. Competition continues at the Winter Olympics tonight. And don't miss Super Bowl 56 as the LA Rams take on the Cincinnati Bengals February 13th 
on NBC and Peacock. Follow the podium now on Amazon to get automatic downloads and tune into the networks of NBC to watch every moment of the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games.